to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? The blackest dies. Oh my god. Come on! to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm flying solo this week. Leanne's taking a show off, so here I am, ladies and gentlemen, doing this by myself. And before we get into the main show, which, if you looked at Facebook, you'll know that here in the Skewered Universe, January is for Giallo here in 2023. But before we get to that, I got a little bit of housekeeping that I want to do. One thing that we're really excited to announce is we are now an affiliate. We are a podcast affiliate with Podbean. Now, Podbean is where we host this show. You can go over to podbean.com slash skewereduniverse, find the show there. But also, anyone who's looking to create a podcast, you want to get your voice out there, here's the thing. You can do that by following our special link for Podbean. Go to www.podbean.com slash skeweredufree. That is S-K-E-W-E-R-E-D, the letter U, F-R-E-E. By using that link, with a paid plan for your podcast, you'll get a month for free. In turn, we get a month for free, but more importantly, you get a month for free if you want to start that show. So anyone who listens to this and wants to start your own podcast about whatever. You like different dog breeds, you want to talk about dogs, talk about dogs. Whatever it is, you want to talk about novels, books, do it. Comic books, movies. If you want to talk about the best protein powders and do a podcast on how to get the best protein into your life, do a podcast on it. And if you listen to this show, follow our link again, it's www.podbean.com slash skewered you free. That link will also be in the show notes with all of our social media stuff, but we're really excited to do this. We can bring you guys at least a month of podcasting for free with a paid plan. If you want to sign up and honestly, there's, I would tell you this anyway, if I didn't have a link, Podbean has been great for us to host. It has been easy to post these episodes. It's easy to schedule episodes for publishing. I've literally had episodes that I've backlogged and just had set to publish at certain dates, and it is so easy to do. There's a lot of choices out there, but for my own money, I'd go with Podbean. You can use our link. We get a month free, but more importantly, you would get a month free. Now, so as I mentioned... This is January. January is for Giallo. Now, for anyone who's curious about Giallo, and I was because I've never actually sat down and watched a lot of Giallo films. I've only watched one, and I'm not going to tell you which one that is because maybe it's a part of this because I want to show Leanne. You never know. So Giallo, obviously, is an Italian film genre. So going from Wikipedia here, I know I've sourced the internet for the best sources here, Wikipedia being very, very good. (laughs) 
So in Italian cinema, giallo, pronounced giallo, plural gialli from giallo, Italian for yellow, is a genre of mystery fiction and thrillers that often contain slasher, crime fiction, psychological thriller, psychological horror, sexploitation, and less frequently supernatural horror elements. The movie I watched tonight, oh boy, it had a lot of that. That's not the supernatural, but it had pretty much everything else in there. So if you're if you're curious, here's a little bit more about Giallo. Just because we're getting into this, and maybe some of you like me didn't know a lot about it. Like I knew some things here and there from a little bit about me. I got into podcasting by listening first. So I had heard of this particular movie I'm talking about tonight on some podcasts that I listened to back in the day, like Bloody Good Horror, and I think there was a couple others that may have talked about it in passing, like Night of the Living Podcast, possibly uh, the Old Drunken Zombie Podcast. Not going to give you what the movie is just yet. So I had heard some some of these had done a whole month dedicated to Jello, kind of like what we're doing. So that's kind of the inspiration for this month. But a little bit more about Giallo. This particular style of Italian produced murder mystery horror thriller film usually blends atmosphere and suspense of thriller fiction with elements of horror fiction, such as slasher violence and eroticism, similar to the French fantastique genre. Often involves a mysterious killer whose identity is not revealed until the final act of the film. Genre developed in the mid to late 60s, peaked in popularity during the 1970s, and subsequently declined in commercial mainstream filmmaking over the next few decades. Though examples continue to be produced, it was a predecessor to and had significant influence on the later American slasher film genre. And after watching this film tonight, even though this movie was made in 1982, you can see its influence on a lot of films that came after it. So you might be wondering, what movie am I talking about from 1982 that's an Italian giallo film? So there, there were quite a few around that time, but in particular I am talking about the Lucio Fulci-directed The New York Ripper. What do you want? To dedicate a murder to you. Somebody called for you. Yeah, who? A guy with a strange voice. Said he called you back. He sounded just like a duck. Just like a duck? The guy who attacked you is our friend who calls and talks like a duck. Well... He's made his first big mistake. Yeah. Anyway, we've got all five boroughs alerted, and we'll also inform all the radio stations. Shouldn't be too hard to find a guy missing two fingers in his right hand. Poor dumb cop. <laughs> you don't think I'm to get my hours to let you pinpoint me with your stupid tracing machines, do you? <laughs> Hey, 
You give me all the data and we'll wait till the next victim. You think you'll do it again? Oh, yes. Ripper is about a killer who stalks sexually active women in New York and kills them. He also <laughs> talks like Donald Duck in a sense. He makes these weird quacking noises when he's on the phone taunting the police and when he's killing these women. And he's he's not just killing them like slicing their throat. He's going after certain parts on these women when he's killing them. He's going to the nether regions and doing some damage and killing them. Our first kill is a knife from that area into the midsection. There's a woman who gets killed with a broken bottle right through there, severing arteries in the lower extremities, you know, her lady parts. It gets it gets really crazy, man. And I'm not going to go into the entire plot. Because basically what you need to know is there is a killer stalking New York, murdering sexually active women. There is a red herring, of course, which usually happens in a lot of these films, or a lot of mystery films in general. We have a gentleman who is a sexual pervert, petty criminal, who's missing two fingers on his right hand. Now, that's notable because that is something they're talking about through the entire film. The suspect is missing two fingers on his right hand. Make sure you stay away from anyone who has that. This guy stalked our main female in the film, our main lead. He was stalking her at one point. She was attacked. She survived. Ultimately, end, we know what happened, but this movie. Okay. Now, there's there's a lot happening in this. There's twists and turns. You think maybe one per- this person's doing it. You think it could be this person. Where it ended up going, I didn't see it. We'll get there. We'll get to how it ends. I'm going to spoil this. It's from 1982. If you haven't seen it yet, pause this. Go check it out. If you got Shudder, it's on there. I'm sure it's available to rent anywhere else. Sorry, I kind of stumbled over my words there. I'm going to pause and take a drink real quick because I'm doing this by myself, folks. I got to keep hydrated. This movie was really interesting. I really actually like it. Now, is it a, like, fun, entertaining movie? No. It's entertaining in the sense that it's Lucio Fulci and you're getting some really depraved, gory scenes. Like, there is... (laughs) There's... A scene where a dude has a bag wrapped around his head. They find his body and he just looks completely fucked. It's it's gross. It's nasty. Uh, seeing the women get murdered the way they do. You don't see it up close and everything. But to see where the, the knife goes. And the bloody aftermath. And like the body is being checked by the medical examiner later. It's, it's really done well. And it's really like disturbing in a sense. But like in a good way where you're like, oh, okay, this person is really fucked up the way they're killing these women. This is this is really fucking twisted. I mean, there's also a plot where this guy's daughter is in the hospital. She might not survive and he's got a weird kind of relationship with her as. Yeah, it it gets really weird, but it is an Italian mystery film, an Italian horror film. And Italian horror, for anyone who doesn't know, can get kind of weird. 
um, i.e. Suspiria, directed by Dario Argento. Happens to be one of my favorite Italian horror films, but it is kind of weird. It's beautiful, but it's weird. Anyway, back to the New York Ripper. This movie had me guessing as to who could be the killer. We thought it could be our man with two fingers missing on his right hand. Turns out it's not him because he was killed off. Ultimately, everything that leads back to our main female lead, Faye. Sorry if I'm not giving too many names here. Like I said, I don't want to I don't want to do a typical review. I kind of just want to give key points. When ultimately the killer is revealed, it's been her boyfriend the entire time who has a daughter in the hospital. He plays a duck game with her over the phone when he calls, talking like a duck, quacking like a duck. And when Faye overheard that, that's when she kind of finally figured out he's probably the killer. And it turns out he was. So when Faye was attacked, the killer missed her with an overhead, overhand stabbing motion and broke the tip off their knife, which she later saw in their home when she was getting ready to make them dinner. And wow, uh, that last, this last scene, this dude, he gets shot in the face, like through the cheek, and you see the effect up close. They don't shy back, and you see this cheek explode from the gunshot. And you just see the viscera and blood. Whatever they stuffed this head with, it was so gross. And yes, in my 2023 eyes, I can pick up that it's a dummy head, that it is an effect. But it was still done so damn well and the head looked very much like the actor. I was all for it. The effects in this film. There is one scene where uh, the main detective who's been working on this case the entire film, he goes and sees a prostitute. He just has his, like, you know, daily, nightly, maybe weekly run-ins with his... Pro- I'm, I'm not really sure what their relationship is. I just know he pays her, they have sex, they got a good thing going. Whatever the case. She ends up being captured in her home by the killer that they're calling the Duck. <laughs> Which we know why he's called the Duck, because he quacks like a maniac and talks like Donald Duck. Anyway, he is on the phone with the detective and says something to the effect of, oh, would you like to hear her scream? I can let something along that. And he starts taking a razor blade and slicing down her abdomen, like through her breath. She's laying there just in underwear tied to the bed. So he's got an old razor blade. And when I say old, I mean like from the old safety razors, that kind of razor blade, the dual sided, very sharp, you know, you slip, you're cutting your own jugular kind of blade. And he's slicing between her breasts down her abdomen and then he starts slicing on her forehead. And as he gets closer to the eye, they get a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And this is Lucio Fulci, so you know he's going to do the eye thing. And he did, and it was uh, it was so well done, but it was so gross and disturbing. Like, my stomach was like, oh, oh, I was, I was visibly, well, visibly shaken. And I was just, oh, it was disturbing. I loved it, but it was so gross. I, I don't like eyes getting messed with. I don't have a thing with eyes. Not like I've never had a traumatic eye injury, but it's they're not fun to look at. They're not fun to watch. Because then my imagination goes to, oh, what if that was me? Oh, God. And it was, it was gruesome. And then he slices through one of her nipples. And I know it's an effect, but it was so well done. It looked damn real. So I could I could see where people would take this film and be like, oh no, 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 no. We we're we're censoring this. You you gotta cut some of this shit out. Overall, I I had a good time watching this. Not not in the fact that it's a fun film or like funny, 
the fact that it was suspenseful, it kept me guessing, and I really had no idea where it was going to go. I honestly could not tell you who the killer was. I mean, I maybe had an inkling after the conversation with his daughter on the phone, but it was like, ah, that could also be another red herring. It could be her. Maybe there's something there, because the cops talk about how Faye is having this condition where it leads her to have hallucinations, so you don't really know if you can trust her. There's a lot of things thrown out there to throw you off the trail of all these people. And it's done well. I had a lot of fun watching it. And I say that and say it's not a fun movie, but I did have fun because it kept me on my toes, kept me wondering, kept me guessing. So bottom line, I definitely recommend this movie. Now, a few more things I want to touch on. There's there's some interesting trivia about this movie. Now, it wasn't on the list of video nasties, which most of you may know was the list in the UK of certain horror films that were banned. They were not allowed to be released over there for public watch. Now, this film did not end up on that list. I looked and I was surprised because after this film was re- was rejected for a UK cinema certificate in 1984, the chief censor, James Freeman, ordered the original print to be re-exported back to the rights holders in Italy to avoid any possible prosecution of either the UK distributor or the BBFC itself. The BBFC being the British Board of Film Classification. So there's the first thing. Now the next little bit here I I thought was, was very interesting. After so many years of it being banned in Britain, the rights were purchased by a UK company called Vipco, who eventually issued the film originally as an export-only VHS under close censor and supervision. Now, what that means is when censorship laws were relaxed, and that means they basically had to cut so much out of it. Now, when those censorship laws were relaxed in the UK, it was submitted to the BBFC for a certificate in 2002 and received 22 seconds of cuts to the razor blade murder, the one I described where he was cutting down her abdomen through her nipple and into the eye, as well as a strict... <laughs> Strict guideline that the film could only be released with minimal publicity. So the film got released on VHS by Vipco, but a DVD release was canceled after a number of UK DVD distributors just flat out refused to stock this movie at all. Consequently, it was never available on UK DVD until 2007 when a company called Shameless Films released a version that had similar cuts to the previous VHS version. So in that same razor blade scene, they had made their own cuts, but that scene was only reduced by 19 seconds via a different edit instead of the 22 as the previous version. So yeah, this, this movie was another one that was, it got censored. It got reamed much like some of the movies here. People were not happy that it was so violent and gory And apologies if you heard that. I'm turning over my paper here where I have stuff written down. Yes, I used the pen and paper to write stuff down. It's really fucking funny that I did. Yeah, this this movie was censored. I mean, I can see why. But at the same time, as someone who doesn't think films should be censored, that are like, now, I'm talking about mainstream films that are really, I'm not talking about some like underground snuff film type shit or anything like that. There's a line that you cannot cross with film, but as far as anything that's being released for public consumption, horror, anything like that, I don't feel it should be censored. If anything, if you're going to release it a certain way, at least go, Hey, you know, maybe you should release two versions. I know that's a lot because then you have to pay to get it cut. But either way, I think a movie should be released the way the director wants it, or at least they should be given the option to release the secondary 
version that has the edits for people who are a little sensitive to things. But on that same note, it's like, if you're sensitive to things, you don't have to watch the movie. Simple as that. You can choose not to watch it. So, a couple more interesting things that I found out about this movie. It was shot from late August to October 1981 in about eight weeks. Under the working title, Lo Squartatore, which translates to The Rippers. I'm sorry if I got a little louder there. I had to lean in a little bit to see what I wrote. My handwriting was atrocious in that spot. So it was shot on location in New York. The interiors were shot in Rome. Among the cast was Jack Hadley, Headley, sorry, who was cast after filming began. Now, this is not the first time I have heard of an Italian film or any film casting someone after they've already started principal photography and the production has gone underway. It just happens sometimes... When you're trying to get a movie made real quick, you do what you got to do. If it means casting your guy and not shooting those scenes until you get that person cast, it's what you do, especially back in the 70s and 80s. Now, Zora Karova, who played Ava in the film, spoke positively about working with Fulci and stated that it took a while for the director to warm up to her, but she also stated that she does not like this film at all. I get it. It's... It's trashy. I mean, we have a whole... And it's a long scene that takes place at a sex theater in New York where there's a live sex show. There's just a couple going at it in this little theater. Bunch of people in there watching uh, are Red Herring, the man with missing two fingers on his right hand. He's in there staring creepily at these people going at it. And then there's this woman in there who's getting turned on, has a little cassette recorder to record it, and is pleasuring herself in the theater. And they give you a few good shots of her hand being right down on her you-know-what. There's the sexploitation for you. This is also what leads to the woman who was just fucking on stage getting shanked in her lady parts with a broken bottle and severely bleeding out from those wounds. So ultimately, when this film got screened for the BBFC, with Carol Polskis describing the film as simply the most damaging film I have ever seen in my entire life, and calling it a relentless catalog of the eponymous anti-hero villain cutting women up. True, there's an anti-hero villain cutting women up, but they do get brought to justice, I, I do think some people just... These movies aren't for everyone. Let's put it that way. They're not for everyone. So the censors, the people who are giving it certificates, they look at it differently. Maybe it's not their type of film. But there's definitely an audience who likes this. There's definitely an audience who would go, oh yeah, the New York Ripper, that's one of the first Giallo films or one of the first you know early 80s horror films I ever saw. And it was crazy and I love it to this day. That's why I own the Blu-ray or whatever. Then there's the other side of the coin with people who just don't understand that type of film. They don't like it. They don't care for it. They think it's, you know, derogatory. It's exploitative. What have you. Everyone's got... Everyone can have their opinion. I'm, I'm not going to knock somebody for that. The last little piece of trivia here. <laughs> the U.S. had a limited theatrical release of this film in 84. that hit VHS selves in 1987. Where it was slightly edited by Vidmark Entertainment... Then, come 2016, Blue Underground released a Blu-ray and DVD, and then in 2019, that was followed up with a 4K scan Blu-ray release 
and then a 4K release in August of 2020. So the film's definitely getting some love. I I definitely say I'm a fan of the New York Ripper. I was already a fan of Lucio Fulci's work because I've seen a couple of his films and I liked them. They were gory and weird and very, very Italian, which to me is just strange and <laughs> jarring at times because they do take things and do them differently than any other filmmakers, which can also be said about Japanese filmmakers and the like, but there's something distinctly different about an Italian film. And I'm not just talking about the overdubs of actors into English. (laughs) But if you can seek this out, if you have Shudder, I say give it a watch, especially if you're someone who likes slasher films. If you like slashers, if you like giallo films and you haven't seen this one, if you like a good murder mystery psychological thriller where you don't know where it's going, or maybe you've picked it up and that's the fun, you want to see how how it plays out in the end, definitely check out The New York Ripper. It is a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun. So definitely Skewered Universe approved. Now, for the rest of January, we've got a few weeks left. I know this is getting out a little bit later than I anticipated, but, you know, we got stuff going on, ladies and gentlemen. We got stuff going on. So now that I've marked the New York Ripper off the list, we've got a couple other films that we want to cover for this month. Uh, The next one we have here that I want to talk about is a movie from 1971 directed by Paolo Cavara called Black Belly of the Tarantula. That's going to be the next episode we cover. And then we've got a couple more after that, but I'm I'm going to save you. I'm going to save those for you and it's going to be a surprise. But I don't mind giving the next show away cuz it's giallo. If you go looking up giallo films, you could almost figure out where we're going. Some of you may have been able to pick this out if you're giallo fans, I don't know. I haven't seen up until tonight, I had not seen three of the four films we had chosen for this month. And the one that I have seen, we're saving that till to be the last one. But the next movie we're doing, The Black Belly of the Tarantula. I think it's going to be fun. It's a little crazy. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. You can look it up and get ready for it. That being said, again, if you are looking to start your own podcast, we are a Podbean podcast affiliate. So we, we want to help you get your show started if that's what you're looking to do. You can go over to Podbean using our link, podbean.com slash free. The link will be in the show notes. You use that link. You sign up for a paid plan. You get a month for free. It gives us a month for free. I'm trying to be completely transparent. Yes, Skewered Universe Podcast will get a month for free for everybody that get that we refer and takes a paid plan. You get a month for free. Every one of you that does it, but we get a month for free every time one of you clicks our link and signs up with Podbean. So there is a little reciprocity here for us to get something, but that's not why I did it. I did it because I want you to see with a month of free podcasting what you can do. Uh, my buddy El Goro over on the Talk Without Rhythm podcast says, if you have a voice, you should let it be heard. That was part of the driving force behind me starting this podcast with Leanne. Uh, she was the main driving force because she bought me my first microphone, got me our we- my website that I'm working on. More on that in a minute. But his words really stuck with me. If you have a voice, let it be heard. doesn't matter what you're going to talk about. Like I said in the beginning, if you got something you want to talk about or you got friends you sit around and you talk about X, Y, and Z and you want to do a podcast, get together and do a podcast. You can split the cost of the hosting through Podbean. 
and like I said, Podbean has been the easiest host I've ever had. I've only had one other post, one other host webs uh, for the show. And I'll be clear, that was Podomatic, and they were fine. But I have been with Podbean for the last couple of years now, and it has been so easy to upload my shows, title the shows, schedule the shows for later release. There's really nothing to do. You upload your content, you write out a description, you put your links, whatever, you hit publish, there it goes. You know, all the, the only work you'll have to do is the editing on your end, whatever you want to do, but as far as the uploading, Podbean has made it very easy. So again, if you're looking to start a podcast, you can help us by clicking that link, www.podbean.com slash free. And with a paid plan, you're going to get a month for free. We're going to get a month for free. And everyone's going to be able to hear what we have to say. Us about horror movies and whatnot. And you about whatever it is that you're passionate about and want to podcast about. I really want to help people realize that podcasting isn't just something for celebrities. I started listening back in like 2007. 2006, 2007. When podcasting was just about a group of friends getting together talking about whatever they wanted. It wasn't filled with a bunch of celebrities. And then celebrities like Adam Carolla and Joe Rogan and all these others would come in. And certain celebrities have been accredited with starting the podcasting thing. I was listening before they even put a microphone in their studio to do podcasting. So for me, it started very much in the dens of people in Ohio with like Night of the Living podcast. It started with a Skype call, the guys at Bloody Good Horror. It started several guys in Illinois doing it in one of their friend's apartments for Drunken Zombie. That's the podcasting I like. One guy in his own house in Ohio, El Goro for Talk Without Rhythm. These are the podcasters I admire. These are the podcasters I strive to be like. In just that, I want to give you good content. These are the same podcasters that inspired me. So in turn, I want to try and inspire you to do your own thing. Whatever it is you want to talk about. So use that link. Get yourself a month for free and let your fucking voice be heard. 2023, get get your show out there. Doesn't matter what it's talking about, do it. <laughs> now that that's out of the way, you know where to find us to listen. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Listen Notes, if you use that. Amazon, you can use your Alexa device. We're also on TuneIn.com. Podcast Addict, Pandora, Player FM, we're also on those. Yeah, we're on Pandora. I had no idea. I looked this up last week and I was like, oh shit, we're on Pandora. I even searched our show to make sure and there we were it was really really kind of fun because i don't remember submitting it but i think after a certain point your podcast just kind of ends up going places but believe me i checked to make sure nobody's trying to claim this shit as their own this is my intellectual property god damn it <laughs> anyway that's where you can find it you can also go to skewerduniverse.podbean.com i had that backwards earlier so apologies for that you can check us out on the Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search Skewered Universe Podcast. We're right there. Also on Twitter, at Skewered U. You can find us on Instagram, Skewered underscore Universe. I post uh, sparingly on Instagram. I usually do it around the time we're releasing an episode. Uh, I haven't been too good about that towards the end of 2022, but I'm striving to get our social media presence a little more out there in 2023. Uh, little side note, I, I kind of run all the social media stuff myself <laughs> along with editing and producing the show. Leanne is in charge of some of the other creative content we bring. She's also a producer. So a little behind the scenes there. 
yeah, I, I kind of run all the socials myself. So it's, it's a little overwhelming at times. Uh, I, I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. Basically, I go to Twitter to look at wrestling Twitter, get upset because people are just being childish, and then post a link to the new episode when we record it. But you can go there and find us. You can also email the show at skeweduniversepodcast at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if we're doing something wrong. Let us know if, if the audio quality is bad. Give us some feedback. We'll try and make corrections as we can. We want this to be something you guys enjoy listening to, not something you listen to and go, oh, God, my ears are bleeding again. And speaking of ears bleeding, <laughs> that's a terrible segue. I talked earlier about Podbean and how you can support the show. There's one other way you can support the show. You can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash skeweduniversepodcast. There you get access to exclusive content such as Skewered Universe transmissions and those forthcoming audio commentary tracks. I promise you they're coming. You go there, you can sign up for a few bucks. It's as little as $3. You get this content. I am going to be very adamant about releasing even more transmissions episodes because there's a lot of stuff on streaming that I consume that Leanne doesn't watch that I can put out to talk about for you guys. So that's going to be coming to Patreon later this year. And just a touch, because we are in January, and it's sort of the start of a new it's the start of a new season or year for Skewered Universe here, however you want to put it. We've got some exciting things. I have been in creative mode for the last couple of weeks. I've been, you know, outlining things, getting months together. I've been contacting people to have on the show, and we're getting some things lined up that are gonna be really, really fun. Um, I'm not saying what it is right now because, you know, people's plans do change, things come up. You know, life happens, whatever the case. But as of right now, we got some really cool things tentatively slated for the show. And I'm really excited. Really excited to what we're bringing to you this year. I know this is a short episode, guys. But like I said, I was going solo. So hopefully you enjoyed it. I had a hell of a time talking about this. I had a hell of a time just ah, telling you why I like the New York Ripper. It was just effects-wise great. Everything about it just spoke to me in a way that was... It's one of the things why I love horror and all the films that come in that umbrella horror genre term. It's just great. Check it out. Check us out. Go to those links we said. Make sure you head over to the Patreon. If you're starting a podcast, go to Podbean. Podbean.com slash free. I don't mean to keep plugging it, but if one of you goes out there and decides to start a podcast just by using our link... It's going to make me feel like we've contributed something to society in a way. Maybe we've inspired you. That being said, until next time, I want you all to keep enjoying that universe that's just a bit skewered. Speaking, what do you want?